This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com Insurrection in the Capitol. Insurrection, ladies and gentlemen, it's happening again. This is a real one, though. Or at least that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene wants us to believe. Good morning. It's the 19th day of October, 2023. This is the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be, and it is the 10 a.m. Central Standard Time show that you've been waiting for. This is Parrot Talk, and I am your host, Mike Parrot, broadcasting usually from the heart of America today, somewhere slightly, ever so slightly south of the heart of America. I used to call this RTF South. I come here a couple times a year. I've had a couple big videos made here on the Restoring the Faith Media YouTube channel that really blew up from RTF South. People are like, where are you? Where is that? That looks so nice. It is nice. It's lovely. It is the fall break, and I am broadcasting from just a hair south of the heart of America. You can find me on the Twitter at RTF underscore Mike at RTF Mike. Because RTF Media wants the illustrious account with a lot of high engagement stuff going on for 12,000 followers. Well, it was nuked. Do you know why it was nuked? Because I said, killing communists saves souls. I did. I said that. Famous for last words, killing communists save souls. I still believe that to this day. I have not been cured of my thought crime, and recidivism is pretty high in Twitter jail. I do want to get into this um, insurrection happening in the United States Capitol building, um, but I don't. I, I want. I want to get there when we get there. So first up, this just happened. Okay over the, uh, last night. This just happened. The United States at the United Nations has single-handedly vetoed a UN Security Council resolution on Gaza and Israel. There was a UN Security Council resolution which says I think it was Russia, who drafted it, said everyone needs to support a ceasefire. Support a ceasefire in Gaza, in Israel, right now. Uh, Russia's delegate to the United Nations expressed that everyone who opposed their draft resolution for a ceasefire in Gaza bears responsibility for what is happening. Here are the results. Those members voting in favor of the Russian resolution. Albania, Brazil, China, Ecuador, France, Gabon, Ghana, Japan, Malta, Mozambique, Switzerland, UAE. Those abstaining, Russia and the UK, 
and those voting against the United States of America and no others. The United States of America is now on record at the United Nations as being the sole dissenter, defector, against a resolution on Gaza and Israel which calls for a cease fire. A cease fire. People are saying now that the United States is officially the sponsor of genocide. The United States of America is officially sanctioning war. We are underwriting it. We are backing it. We are funding it. We are promoting it. We are cheerleading it. That is what people are saying about the United States of America. I just think that this is worth noting to you because we're coming off of a blisteringly bad visit to Israel by fake Catholic usurper-in-chief Joe Biden. The fake Catholic, fake president made his way over to Israel, lost track of what he was reading in his canned, prepared speech, couldn't follow the teleprompter, and referred to Hamas, that genocidal terrorist organization that is really, frankly, no better than Israel, as the other team. The other team? The other team? Like what, Like like who Obama plays for? What does that even mean, the other team? Tonight, we will bear witness to a prime-time foreign policy address from fake Catholic usurpant chief Joe Biden. The Biden regime continues to maintain that satellite images prove that Israel did not hit the hospital, the famous hospital. Now, it is open source news. It is publicly available. Anybody can find it. You can Google this yourself that Israel literally said to the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, you have eight hours to evacuate this hospital. You have hours, you have a certain number of hours to get the heck out of this hospital. And then, because they're such humanitarians, Lovers of life, really, they should be given a peace medal. Israel extended the evacuation order for the hospital specifically by like an extra six hours. The people in Gaza were were complaining to the Israelis. They were like, "Look, we have people in critical condition. They can't be moved." People undergoing surgery right now. How the heck are we supposed to evacuate this hospital in however many hours you gave us? Oh, okay, you can have six extra hours. Doesn't that just sound like it should go on a Hallmark card? You know, the holidays are coming, and I just feel like 
we need to memorialize this gesture of humanity that Israel has demonstrated to the world um, by giving the extra six hours to evacuate that hospital that they for sure didn't blow up. How do you know that they didn't blow it up? Well, because they said they didn't blow it up and because the United States says they didn't blow it up. And that's how you know that it's true. That's how you know that it's very believable. It has veracity because the two most sophisticated, smartest, truth-telling, intelligence, surveillance states in the world are not going to get something like that wrong. Now, they might have gotten WMDs in Iraq wrong. And they might have totally missed the uh, October surprise. But you can bet your bottom dollar when it comes to who bombed that hospital, it was for sure Hamas and a misfired, shoulder-fired rocket that took down the entire structure and killed 500 people. It was definitely not a high-powered munitions from, let's say... I don't know, a stealth bomber, for example. Definitely wasn't that. Iran is starting to realize that we are probably serious about getting involved in their country. Iran warns, quote, time is up. This is Tehran's chilling threat as Hamas-Israel war uh, dramatically escalates after a, an unknown blast hits a Gaza hospital killing 500 people. Hossein Amir Abdullahin, Iran's foreign minister tweeted a threat to Israel after the Gaza hospital bombing, declaring time is over. Time is over. Joe Biden, he got to Tel Aviv. And he tried to calm this spiraling situation by acting confused and bumbling around. Uh, which is his standard go-to sort of little act and display that he does as commander-in-chief. Uh, it's endearing to the folks at home. Some of the white, upper-middle-class boomers who voted for him really do find that trope to be very um, believable and endearing. In this, in in a in a different setting, though, in a in a foreign policy setting, in a wartime environment, uh, when World War Three is now openly being talked about, I don't know. It's less endearing. It's a little more um, embarrassing, mortifying. It's macabre, is what it is. It's disgusting and sad that the United States of America is now represented by a guy who on the airplane couldn't put a coherent sentence together and appears to be, a, he has dog testicles hanging from his chin. It's a new look 
It might be a new mask. It might be a new body double. I don't really know. The many, many looks of Biden changing over time. I, I have a hard time keeping up with them. I know you probably do too. Is this man getting plastic surgery on the regular? He just changes his look so often. I'm not sure that I can actually keep up with it. So I don't know if it was the real Biden on the airplane. You know, it's like you never want to talk to the Pope on the plane because you never know what he's going to say. Now we have the same problem with the president. Popes and presidents shouldn't be asked questions on airplanes. This portion of Paratalk is brought to you by the Epoch Times. Subscribe today and watch their new docufilm. No farmers, no food. Will you eat the bugs? Subscribe today through the Crusade channel for $1 for your first month by going to crusadechannel.com forward slash epoch times. That's E-P-O-C-H, epoch times. That's a buck, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pretty good deal. I don't know how the king dude pulls these deals off. Sometimes when I hear him advertising some of the deals that he's got on Crusade Channel, I'm like, how did he get that one? That's a good one. Well, this one is a good one. Go to crusadechannel.com forward slash epoch and check it out. You have $1 for this. Come on. Most of you won't admit your dirty little habit this week. Most of you will not admit in public. And you won't admit it in the chat room, and that's fine. It's okay. You don't need to out yourself. But I'll admit it. I will admit that at least once a week, I go to a place like Dunkin' Donuts. And I spend a small fortune on some caffeine with some calories laced in with it. Possibly some sugar. Depends on the time of day. In the morning, I like my coffee black and hot, strong. As the day wears on, the desire for hot black coffee tends to wane. You know, on a hot day when it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and it's 100 degrees outside. Now, it's not that now, this time of year. But do you really want a hot cup of black coffee? Very dehydrating at that time of day when you need something. So every now and then, I have been known to switch to something that is over ice. And once it's over ice, it's like, all, all bets are off, brother. I don't know why. It's, there's, I have this, this thin red line in my mind where coffee is supposed to be hot and black. And if it's not that, anything goes. Literally, turn it into a milkshake. Call it a frappuccino. I don't care. Blend it with crack cocaine and sugar and caramel and candy, and throw in an Oreo cookie. I don't care. Blend it together on ice and add whipped cream to it and drizzle it with something and then sprinkle it with something on top of the drizzles. I don't care. Just give it to me when it's two or three or four o'clock in the afternoon and I need it. I know that's a weird thing and it is a bold thing here on the Crusade Channel this is an audience that knows what live talk radio is supposed to be like. 
it is not a comfortable thing for me to admit this to you. But what is helping me along right now in this admission is that I know for a fact you do it too. I know you do it too. Yes, you, you listening there to the sound of my voice. I know you're doing it as well. I know you're driving through Starbucks hoping nobody sees you with your Catholic bumper stickers and your Crusade Channel paraphernalia. I know you're doing it. I know you spent $7 on that latte last week. Could you go to shop.mikechurch.com and could you buy some real coffee for a change? I'm just asking a question. It's not even a rhetorical question. It's an actual question. I want you to consider whether or not you can do that because I know that you can because I know that you're like me and you went to Dunkin' or you went to Scooters or you went to Starbucks or you even went to McDonald's, Mac Cafe. You could spend $7 on coffee at Mac Cafe in the Biden economy. Absolutely. You don't even have to be a, 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 a menu genius to pull that stunt off. That's something you could do without even flinching. of Trump supporters have finally begun to wake up. Shock poll. 31% of Trump supporters say that they are willing to explore alternative forms of government. This is out in Yahoo News, uh, first reported by the Miami Herald. Came out yesterday, Wednesday. People are really upset about this thing. Quote, a large portion of Americans on both sides of the aisle favor getting rid of democracy and imposing violence on their political opponents, among other authoritarian measures, according to a new poll. 31% of Donald Trump supporters and 28% of President Joe Biden supporters said democracy is, quote, no longer viable. And an alternative system should be tried, according to an October poll from the University of Virginia's Center for Politics. The poll, I just want to break down the poll for you, because sometimes these polls are like 100 people, and, you know, it's all groupthink, and it, was all, it all happened on a college campus, so you know it's going to be just gays. The poll surveyed 2,000 registered voters... In September, has a margin of error 2%. Okay, let's go to the findings. Key findings. Number one, when asked whether it is acceptable to employ violence to stop political opponents from attaining their goals, 41% of Biden supporters and 38% of Trump supporters said yes. Violence is okay. So let's break this down. Let's just give this an example. Let's call the political goal uh, the grooming of children, okay? What this means is that 41% of Biden supporters are willing to commit violence in order to preserve their right or other people's rights to groom children, sexually groom them. 
And that really shouldn't be surprising, ladies and gentlemen. This should come as zero surprise at all. When I saw the poll, the only thing that surprised me was how low the numbers were, frankly. If you are such a moral degenerate that you are willing to corrupt the innocence of a child, then of course you'd be willing to commit violence in order to do the same. Nobody, nobody like casually wants to groom children. Nobody's like, oh yeah, let's just groom children every now and then, like only if you can, but if, it, but if the Republicans shut it down, then okay, so be it. There's no such thing as like a lukewarm, loosely held opinion about the grooming of children. If you think about it, nobody would, nobody would actually say like, yeah, I'm more or less for the grooming of children, but like, I don't feel strongly about it. Like, I'm going to groom my children, but I would never force you to groom your children, right? That kind of weak opinion or, or a weakly held opinion. No, if you think it is okay and permissible to destroy the purity of children, then of course you're willing to commit violence to protect your right to groom the children. I mean, uh, it's 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 like having scruples over uh uh you know the Friday abstinence of meat, but having a pornography addiction. It's like, dude, you're going to hell. Nobody cares if you kept the. Friday fish abstinence thing going, right? We're talking about magnitudes of like very different levels of of sin. When you talk about the destruction of the innocence of children, I mean, this is one of those things that I'm not sure if it cries out uh, to heaven for God's justice but it is certainly one of those things that the second person of the Blessed Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was walking the planet Earth, he talked about. He was like, it would be better for you to have a millstone. It would be better for you to have a millstone. This is a very, very serious thing. So, yeah, would you push somebody? Would you break a window? Would you commit an act of uh, larceny? Would you burn a building down? Heck, would you even break somebody's nose? Would you hit them with a baseball bat? Would you kill someone over your quote-unquote right to groom children? You absolutely would. You would. So, I, it's, I mean, like I said, when I first saw this, I was like, there's no way these numbers are so low. Only 41% of Biden supporters? Now, on the contrary, on the flip side of this, I am not surprised at all. In the least bit, I am absolutely... What's the opposite of... Uh, what's the opposite of surprised, of... Of, of crestfallen? I... I'm actually just kind of bemused, I guess. Is that the right word? At how low the number is on the Republican side. I could, in fact, it's actually higher than I thought it was going to be. I would have figured that amongst quote unquote Trump supporters, that maybe 15%, 10% would have said that violence would be okay. 
because Republicans are just so nice. They're just so polite. They're just so amiable and congenial. Oh, you want to groom children? Well, listen, I don't agree with that, but I will die defending your right to be wrong. I will give up my life for your right to blaspheme God. I will go to the battlefield and be maimed and disabled for the rest of my life so that you can have the incorrect opinion about sexually abusing children in our country because that's what a great and godly and God-fearing Republican that I am. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting 10% because 90% are just going to say, well, you know, we can't always agree on things. So the fact that it's 30%, 30% of Trump supporters, 38% of Trump supporters said that violence is okay to stop political opponents from attaining their goals. That's encouraging. I'm actually edified by that. I'm surprised that the Democrat number was so low, and I'm surprised that the Republican number was so high. So I guess net-net, it's about the same number of people that I assumed would, in theory, support violence, but wouldn't do it themselves. Okay, number two, second key finding of this uh, University of Virginia study. 30% of Trump supporters and 25% of Biden supporters said elections should be suspended in times of crisis. Now, here's one where the Trump supporters are larger than the Biden supporters, but I think that's only a a temporary aberration because the Trump people are not in power. See, if Trump were in office, I guarantee you the Trump supporter number would be like 2%. They'd be like, no, 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 elections work. See, elections got us to Trump. We would never suspend an election because the election got us to Trump. Well, now that we've had a fake election, or I should say now that most people are finally aware that we have fake elections in this country, but whatever, whatever floats your boat. Now that we've been through our most recent fake election, well, suddenly the number of Trump supporters is 41% who say that they favor Suspending elections. Oh, sorry, 30%. 30%. 41 is coming up. That's that's uh, point number three here. I'm very surprised by this number, though. Still, I, 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 I think the 30% is higher than what I was expecting. You and I here on the Crusade Channel, live talk radio the way it should be, you and I understand that there are superior forms of organizing a society than that which what we have right now. You are most likely a premium subscriber to this channel. You're a founding past member. You tune in more than once a week. You know that we are always on air, always online. And you have been exposed to radical levels of honesty and truth here on this channel. 
Mike Church does not pull any punches. He doesn't say things to be popular. He's not a grifter. He's not trying to tickle your ears. He's not trying to just tell you what he thinks you want to hear. This man says it from the heart. He says what he really thinks, what he's really experienced, and he does so, I think, with wit and humor and wisdom, the whole package. And I guarantee you that more than 30% of you would support the suspending of elections in a time of crisis, such as the crisis of the fact that we live in a morally bankrupt and degenerate society with an economy that is fake, based on usury, designed to enrich the elites. How about the how about the time of crisis that we live in where our government is at war with us, has been waging a secret war on us for 60 years, and it's time to fight back. Point number three on this study, if you're just joining the show, we're talking about this University of Virginia study that came out, which was really surprising numbers. Lots of people supported political violence. A lot more than maybe the pollsters were expecting. Point number three here, key finding. 41% of Trump supporters, 30% of Biden supporters said that they favor either conservative or liberal states seceding from the union. This is where it gets extremely juicy. You're telling me that four out of 10 Trump supporters are, are support secession? Forget Biden supporters for a second because they're just retards anyway. Who cares what they think about secession or any one in particular issue? If you voted for Biden or if you support Joe Biden, absolute moral retard. I mean, very likely going to hell. You're off the table. Your opinion doesn't matter. 41% of Trump supporters? Four out of 10? You're telling me, literally, imagine, imagine your 10 closest friends. Well, if you're imagining your 10 closest friends, probably 10 of you support secession. Imagine your weird MAGA uncles, cousins, 10 closest friends. You're telling me that four of those people would be okay with Texas leaving the United States of America? That's an astonishing number, if that's true. And again... There's, there are levels of support. It could be that somebody is just in theory supporting the idea. Yeah, I like the idea of secession. Okay, fine, 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 fine. fine. But you're not actually going to do it. You're not going to vote for it. You're not going to lift a finger for it. You're not going to make it happen. You're not going to join the Texas Marine Corps. Frankly, in 2023, I'm not sure that I would join the Texas Marine Corps. 
Texas is on a life raft right now. But that is an impressive number. Okay, uh, final key finding here. We do need to get to our commercial break. Nearly half of Biden supporters, 47%, 47%, and a third of Trump supporters, 35%, said the government should restrict the expression of views considered discriminatory or offensive. Now, this doesn't say to whom. Discriminatory to whom? Offensive to whom? If we are talking about those things which are discriminatory against God or offensive to God, then this would be an incredibly heartwarming piece of data. If we were to take the bold assumption, and unfortunately I don't think we can make this assumption, but if we could make this assumption that those 35% of Trump supporters who said that the government should restrict the expression of views considered discriminatory or offensive to God, then that would be such a word of encouragement that we would need right now in these weird, dark, apocalyptic World War III times. I don't think that this is the case. I don't think that these 35% of Trump supporters who do support restrictions on speech that is discriminatory or offensive, I don't think they're thinking about discriminatory or offensive against God. I think they're thinking about discriminatory or offensive against their whatever boomer GOP version of reality is, their delicate sensibilities. But if it were, can you imagine a world? Can you imagine a society? Can you imagine, even if it was only 30% of a minority party, even if it was only one in 10 people in the United States of America, can you imagine if 10% of the United States of America believed strongly, deeply, had the conviction that views that are discriminatory or offensive to God should be censored? What a different place we would live in. Practically 0.0 people believe in the rights of God. 0.0 percentage of people in the United States of America have ever thought even accidentally about the rights of Almighty God and views and words that are discriminatory or offensive to God. And because no one has ever thought about that, we have slowly but surely year by year, movie by movie, television show by television show, cultural event by cultural event, politician by politician. Look at Trump, how vulgar he is. Over time, we have lost any sense of decency in our country. Our culture is indecent. It is an indecent culture. 
And it's because nobody cares about offending God, let alone discriminatory or offensive language to our neighbors. People, when I was young, people used to watch their mouth around children. Now, children are the ones dropping hardcore F-bombs. And it doesn't even raise an eyebrow. This is Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel Live. Talk radio the way it should be. We have a short segment. I want to talk about the Capitol riots, what we know now, and my prediction for what ultimately is going to happen there. I don't think it will surprise you. We'll be right back. Uh, Don't go anywhere. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. This is Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Carried Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. This is the hour of radio in which you get to transition yourself back to reality. You've been in the King Dude's playground for two hours, three hours, four hours. And now this is your transitional hour back to adulting. I hate to break it to you, but you have to adult. You have to. We need more adults and we need adults to adult. And the fact that adult is both a noun and a verb in 2023 is amusing to me. Mike Parrott here, the host of Parrot Talk, broadcasting from RTF South, my southern position. Sometimes you need to get away a little bit and clear your mind. It gives you some good perspective. I'll just tell you uh, something I tweeted recently. I've thought about this, and I, I and I don't know what is causing this thing to happen. I don't know what causes this conundrum, this behavior. I said this recently. It says, quote, some Catholics will align themselves with people with whom they share 35% common ground in order to viciously go after those with whom they share 99.8% common ground. I'm not sure what this defect or vice is called, but it seems to have something to do with a poor relationship with one's parents, especially the father. It also has something to do with pride and self-esteem. Um, and again, I, I, I have been thinking about this, pondering this. I've seen this so many times. And you could replace the word Catholic with any other uh, constituency group. You could say some conservatives or some Republicans or some Christians or some radicals or some whatever will literally establish temporary alliances with people whom they largely disdain 
in order to go after those people who are just ever so slightly different from they. It is it is one of the one of the more fascinating habits that we have seen that I've witnessed in this counter revolution in this last uh, 10 years or so. And it never fails to um, surprise me, even though I know intellectually I shouldn't be surprised by it when I see it. I should expect it. But I've witnessed it. It's happened to me, frankly, but I've witnessed it so many times and it is always something that is just kind of takes you by surprise. It's jarring um, when somebody will align with someone temporarily merely to go after basically a brother at arms, basically a family member. Have you not seen this? Look, we live in a world where the vast majority of people that we encounter day to day are not with us. They're working against us. Walk down the street, go to the grocery store, you will see blue hair, face piercings, neck tattoos, and obvious signs of grooming. These people are not with us. They want to destroy us. If they heard one segment of, the, of, of Paratalk here on the Crusade channel, they would be triggered. They would be up in arms. They would be call, calling for the cancel, canceling, not only of me, but of the king dude. These people are not our friends. They're our enemies. Common enemies used to bind people together who maybe had differences of opinions about this or that thing. But nowadays, we see all the clans all the various constituencies, all the people with the various different competing takes on what's happening right now, what the correct viewpoint is, and I dare say dogmatizing those points of view. Well, unless you agree with me that there is no Pope and there hasn't been one since fill-in-the-blank date, then you're not Catholic. Really? That's how it's going to be? You really think that? You're not Catholic? If you don't agree with my theory? Now, it might be a good theory. It might explain the data points. That's what theories are supposed to do. You test theories. Maybe it holds up to scrutiny. Maybe it can be independently verified. Maybe it's the best explanation there is. Maybe you're even right. But I had this thought over the weekend. I went to a wedding. The wedding was lovely. I might tell you about the wedding tomorrow since we're running short on time here because I, I have some thoughts about the wedding too. Weddings in general. Since it's fresh on the mind, you know. But I had this thought that what we, we need to become lovers of the truth. Not for the sake of being right, but for the sake of the love of the truth. What do I mean by that? 
Most people like to be right. Few people enjoy being wrong. Some some psychopath narcissists do like to be wrong. They like to be confrontational and countercultural and whatever else. Okay, so um, we exclude abnormal people, but I, you know, when you start painting with a broad brush, sometimes people are like, "Well, there's all these exceptions." So in radio, sometimes you have to. For you know, you for the penny foggers out there, you do have to talk about the exceptions to the rule. Is okay, not everybody does this thing, but realistically, most people like to be right. I like to be right. You like to be right. I don't like to be wrong. You don't like to be wrong. Okay, can we agree on those premises? Yes, I think we can. But what we need to further agree upon, and I'm not sure that we can right now, not without a little bit of work, not without some. Some, some retrospection, some circumspection, some self-reflection. I'm not sure that we can't agree on the why. I would love to sit here and tell you that for my entire life, as far as I can remember, I have enjoyed being right because I have a love for the truth, that I serve the truth, I admire the truth, I revere the truth, I defend the truth. But I would be lying if I told you that. And I don't think very many of us are that much different. I think for the most part, many of us generally have liked to be right or do still like to be right for the pleasure of being right. In other words, for something that is rooted in pride and self-esteem. That is an improper motive for being right. And in the end, it is self-defeating. Because nobody cares if you're right simply for the pleasure of being the smartest person in the room or being the only one holding the correct opinion about a thing or being the only one who knows the answer to the question. Nobody cares. It doesn't change anybody's hearts or minds. It doesn't affect anybody's souls except for yours, and I hate to say this, it may damn your soul. The need to be right for the sake of appearances, for the sake of other people, for the sake of human respect. The need to be right, which is rooted in the reverence for truth, on the other hand, that's a completely different motive. It may appear to be the same thing. This person likes to be right. Everybody likes to be right. This person hates to be wrong. Everybody hates to be wrong. This person goes out of his way to make sure that he has the correct facts. Well, lots of people do that too. But it's not the fear of human disrespect that is driving you in that regard. No, 
It is the love of truth. Because truth is not just a concept. Truth is a person. The philosophers will tell you that truth is something that is possessed by the intellect. Fine, I agree with that. Truth is something to be possessed by the intellect. It is something to be had. But truth is also a person. You know, I had this other thought too, and I don't know if this is true in lots of other languages. I wish that I were a linguist that could tell you that in, well, in 19 of the modern languages, this is true. I can tell you that in Spanish, you'd never say, I am right. You say, I have the truth. I have it. You never say, he's right, she's right, she's wrong, she is, she is wrong, she is right. She, no, she has reason. She has rightness. She has truth. She has it. She possesses it. In English, we say, I am right. I am wrong. Nobody ever says, I am wrong. I'm wrong. Nobody wants to say it. Why would you want to say that? You don't want to say, I am wrong. My person is wrong. My state of being is wrong. We use be verbs with respect to the truth in English, and I'm not so sure that that's very common in other languages. It's a lot easier to apologize in Spanish, for example, when you don't have to say, I am wrong. You just say, hey, I, I, I didn't have the, the right facts. I didn't have the truth. I didn't have reason. I didn't have, I didn't grasp it. But now I do. I have it. I have it. It's something to be ha had. It's something to be possessed. To think about truth in this way is, I think, healthy and more refined. Because truth is aspirational. It's bigger than we. It's something to be aspired to. It's something to admire. It's something outside of us. It's something to be grasped, to be held, to be clung to. Truth is something that you have. It's not something that you are. The only person who is truth is our Lord Jesus Christ. Is the second person of the Blessed Trinity. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. None of us are that. So it's just a weird thing. Uh, and again, uh, if, if you are fluent in any of the other modern romance or Teutonic languages or even any of the oriental languages you know put a comment in the in the crusader chat room i mean honestly i'm i, I am very curious about this but i think it is fascinating that we in english say you're wrong you're right you are some version of truth or falsehood you are that thing rather than truth being 
an out-of-body experience, a third-party concept, a transcendent being that is to be grasped, to be beheld, to be possessed, to be glorified. And I think I will tell you this, parting thought here, to the extent that we start to admire the truth for what it is outside of ourselves and truly cultivate a love for the truth, it'll be a completely different experience for us vis-a-vis being right versus being wrong. Nobody wants to be wrong. Everybody wants to be right. But the desire to be right for the love of truth, that is something beautiful. Versus the desire to be right merely to lord it over people, that's something very, very ugly, very, very hideous. That has nothing to do with the love of truth. It has nothing to do with the second person of the Blessed Trinity. So in all things, I hope we can uh, do what we can, ladies and gentlemen. Do what we can to love the truth. And I'll tell you, I know I said it before. I do think that the founder of this program here, the King Dude himself, he loves the truth. He is a lover of truth. Truth to him is something to be aspired to, protected, reverenced, and spoken. And that's what sets the Crusade Channel apart from the noise. The noise that is out there. And I am so honored to be a part of it and to be with you every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And I will see you tomorrow. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. Restoringthefaith.com